Witness protection can't erase his past. This is Nailgun Messiah, the first book in the Micah Reed series. One novel, read to you a chapter at a time. Join us each week for a new installment of the story and get the book at jimheskett.com forward slash nailgun podcast. And now, the host and author, Jim Heskett. What's up, everybody? How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Um, you know what? This week we have kind of a long reading. We're going to be reading three or four separate scenes, so I'm not going to do a whole lot of jibber-jabber, dilly-dally up front. Uh, just to let you know a couple things. One, right now, I haven't mentioned this in a little while, but if you go to jimheskett.com forward slash contest, right now, as of this airing, I'm running a giveaway to give away the secret ebook. Um, box set of the Whistleblower Trilogy, including a short story for with our hero Tucker Candle that's not available for sale anywhere on the planet. The only way to get that is in that box set, which is also not for sale, and that I'm giving away to one lucky, lucky, lucky giveaway winner. Anyway, so that's all I have to say about that. Um, you know, how are you doing? I hope you're well. Um, that's good. Anyway, I, I acted like I just heard what you said in response because I'm pretending that you're commuting and when I say, how are you doing? You're, you're talking to your steering wheel and you're saying, yeah, I'm good, thanks, how about you? Um, and if you did say that, I'm well, thanks for asking. Anyway, so let's get into our reading with a little recap and I don't want to recap a whole lot, um, but I do want to say if you remember the last time or over the last couple episodes, Micah and Rodney were infiltrating Lila's bedroom in the house because um, Micah installed the keylogger on her computer and Rodney was going to go in and install the surveillance equipment. But as we learned last time, Mike, or, um, Lila and uh, Eagle came home earlier unexpectedly and Lila caught Rodney in her bedroom and Rodney tried to play it off by pretending that he was upset about his boyfriend, uh, the, the fake boyfriend that Rodney doesn't have, that, uh, that this fake boyfriend had left him, and Rodney went in there so he could get on the computer to access the internet to contact him. And then later on in the reading, we saw Lila alone in her room, furious, and she came to the realization that the, the True Mana website was not having... Um, was not experiencing bad traffic because of something Father Thomas Benedict did, but she and she did figure out who was to blame for all of this and then left us with the cliffhanger of her not revealing who was to blame for all this, but we are going to find out in today's reading. I promise you that. And, you know, there's some other characters and storylines that are going to make an appearance in our reading today, but I don't feel like I, I think they're going to be recapped in the reading well enough, and so... Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this episode's reading. Micah sat in the den, staring at the grandfather clock as the pendulum below swung back and forth. The swinging and ticking were more reminders that Micah's hopes to get Magda out before the ATF raid were over. Rodney's promises of federal protection were his only chance. Rodney was also in the room with him reading the Bible in a chair a few feet away. They'd wanted to talk about the surveillance, but Micah didn't even know if Rodney had been able to finish the installation. And they would have to wait to discuss it since Lila and Magda were both home right now. 
Eagle hunkered on a chair next to the door, whittling a piece of wood over a trash can, scraping a small knife against the yellow bark, dropping hunks into the open mouth of the can below. By some miracle, Lila hadn't found out Rodney's real purpose yesterday, but she'd been so mad that she'd screamed for the rest of the day, canceled Bible study for that evening, and locked herself in her room for hours. Every few minutes, the muted sound of shouting murmured through the walls. A chair turning over, a window opening and slammed closed. Micah had never heard anger that fierce sustained for so long. Eagle had stayed around, moving into whatever room Rodney had gone into, forever keeping watch. Usually as still as a statue, but with his eyes always alert. Micah had even tried to get up in the middle of the night last night to sneak into Rodney's room, but had found Eagle nearby at the end of the hallway, reading his Bible under lamplight. Even if they couldn't prove he'd done anything wrong, Rodney's trust was certainly shot. Micah held his breath and tried to listen for Lila. The house was silent. Eagle stood, set his block of wood on an end table, and trotted up the stairs to the bathroom. This was the first time Eagle had left them alone. This might be their only chance to talk. Did you turn everything on? Micah whispered across the room to Rodney once the bathroom door had closed upstairs. He'd said it so quietly he wasn't sure if Rodney could even hear him. Rodney nodded, didn't look up from his Bible. Where's the bag you took in there? Still under the bed, Rodney said. I haven't had a chance to go back and get it. That wasn't good, but as long as it didn't have Rodney's ATF business card in it, he could maybe explain that one away too. A door opened and Lila and Magda appeared in the den, standing together at the corner of the room. There was a look of anguish on Magda's face, her eyelids shut tight and the corners of her mouth pulled down. Lila, on the other hand, scowled like a gargoyle. The tiny hairs on her shaved head pointed straight up, and her face was flushed red with fury. Her lips were pulled back, revealing gritted white teeth. A collection of crisscross scratch marks trailed up and down both her arms. You, she said, glaring at Rodney. Her look cut a path across the room. Rodney lowered his Bible. Yes? How could you do this to me? How could you do this to us? Cyrus will say that if he'd been here, none of this would have happened, but that doesn't matter now, does it? He's in prison for one more day, and he can't do a goddamn thing about it. He might as well be a desk for all the power he has to save us from your betrayal. Micah and Rodney shared a look. Lila was quivering with anger like a time bomb poised to explode. Micah then noticed that Lila had a hand concealed behind her back. She didn't keep it there for long, though, and when she showed it, Micah immediately honed in on the pistol. Her finger already wrapped around the trigger. Colt Python three fifty seven revolver. That was a dangerous gun that could sometimes penetrate a bulletproof vest. Micah jumped up out of his seat and Lila pivoted the gun toward him. Sit, she said, and so he did. This crazy bitch would absolutely pull the trigger, no doubt about that. She pointed the gun back at Rodney. The nose of the revolver danced in Lila's unsteady hand. She told me who you really are. After everything I've done for you, after all the education and counseling I gave you, and it was all lies, wasn't it? Rodney tried to speak, but Lila talked over him, jabbering half-nonsense. As Lila ranted, Micah flicked his eyes to Magda. She'd told Lila. That realization settled over him like the shock of cold water shrouding all his other thoughts. She'd kept secret about Micah hacking into her computer, but she'd told Lila that Rodney was an ATF agent. 
He met Magda's eyes, and he was so heartbroken he didn't know what to do. After everything he'd done, he'd failed. She belonged to Lila, and there was nothing Micah could do about it. If Lila pulled that trigger, it would be Micah's fault. He never should have told Magda about the ATF, but it seemed the last available option at the time. And only now could Micah see how selfish and dangerous it had been. Rodney shifted in his chair as Lila finally stopped ranting and Lila tensed her pistol arm. Let me explain, Rodney said. I'm not sure what you heard, but... Lila jerked her trigger finger. The blast forced Micah's eyes shut, and when he opened them, Rodney was flat against the chair, a gaping hole in the middle of his forehead. A tiny wisp of smoke eked from the top of the hole. Micah gasped, but he didn't have time to mourn. Eagle appeared at the top of the stairs, wiping his hands on his pants. Didn't seem surprised at all by the violence unfolding in the den. He picked up his scarred baseball bat, which had been leaning against the upstairs banister. Micah realized he hadn't taken a breath in 15 seconds. His chest pounded. His ears rang from the close blast. Not the first person he'd seen murdered, but the ache of witnessing sudden death never diminished. Was he next? Lila lowered the pistol, shaking, but rooted in place. For a second, he thought he might be safe. Then she rushed at him, stopping a foot short. His body told him to leap forward and throw a shoulder into her chest, but Eagle was now five feet behind her, bat resting on his shoulder. Micah held firm. She leaned down, her demon eyes filling Micah's vision. Her chest heaved and a spot of drool formed at the corner of her mouth. I don't know if you knew about this, and I don't care. I've seen you two hiking together, so you are probably just as tainted as him. You are banished from this house, from the true mana, and from the kingdom of heaven. If I ever see you again, I will kill you. Do you understand? You will never get a chance to spread your poison in this family ever again. The sun hadn't yet risen, and Lila sat on the hood of her car with Eagle standing next to her. They watched a deer crunch snow under its shiny hooves as it meandered through the trees near the house. Every one of them, she said. I was wrong about every single one of them. None of them were ever supposed to be chosen. Eagle grunted as he slipped his hands into the pockets of his duster. His breath pushed out and then up as his steam puffed into the sky. Do you know what to do? She said. He nodded. Yes, I'll take care of everything. It might take me most of the day, but it will be finished before nightfall. That I can promise you. As a tear slid down her face, leaving a warm trail in the cold, she reached out and squeezed Eagle's shoulder. Don't cry for me, he said. I wasn't ever anything more than a servant. What's important is that you and Cyrus continue the work. She nodded. Wasn't sure anymore. Eagle slid a fresh battery into the nail gun on his lap. What time will you pick him up? Nine. Shouldn't you go? Lila sighed. She should have left already. Yes. Eagle gave her that piercing eye. What's going on with you? I thought you were excited for him to come home. I was, she said as the deer looked up, finally noticing the two humans only a couple hundred feet away. She would have to tell Cyrus about Rodney's real identity and he would be furious. He would blame her for everything. He would demand to make changes from today forward and she would have no choice but to comply with his decisions. 
How long do you think Magdalene knew about Rodney before she told me? Eagle cocked his head. I don't know. She said she came to you straight away. Do you think she's lying about that? The world was a puzzle, and Lila didn't have the box to know where to start. Didn't have the corner pieces. I don't know. Eagle slid a rack of nails into the nail gun. Do you think the priest was involved? Lila ran a hand over her stubbly hair. She was unsure of everything, which was a terrifying feeling. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure he had anything to do with it. Perhaps believing that and spending so much time pursuing that distracted me from the truth about Rodney. The deer padded through the snow, digging its nose at a half-submerged tree branch. You're going to have to come clean with Cyrus when he gets home, Eagle said. He'll want to relocate our friend in the basement as soon as possible. If the ATF are watching us, it's only a matter of time before they move in. I know. We can't pretend no one will notice us anymore. You're right, she said, and the words sounded like they were a recording playback instead of emanating from her mouth. Do you think Cyrus will make you move somewhere else? Leaving this house. The idea scraped at her heart, threatening to puncture it. No, she would not move. She had to have a say, didn't she? A new fire burned inside her, one of rebellion and purpose. She loved this house and had no desire to move. No, he won't. How can you be so sure? Because I'm not going to allow it. We're going to make all decisions together from now on because that's how I want it. Micah woke in the back seat of his Honda, shivering, even with the sleeping bag wrapped around him. The condensation on the inside of the glass had frosted over and when he sat up, he wiped a hand across the back window. Through the smear of the window, he spied something on four legs slinking through the trees near the roadside turnout where he'd parked his car. Like a cat, but humongous and with the pointy ears of a rabbit. The thing had to weigh at least 60 or 70 pounds. Hello, Bobcat, Micah said, but the beast was oblivious. Or lynx, or whatever the hell you are. It sniffed through some snow and then trundled up a hill out of sight. Micah yawned and swung his legs around so he could stretch them out over the center console. His jaw ached, which meant he'd been tensing it in his sleep. Probably nightmares, but he didn't remember what he dreamed about. He was usually being chased in his dreams, which were never fun dreams to wake from. He first thought about Magda, how hopeless his mission had been from the very start, how blind he was not to have seen that she was thoroughly brainwashed by Lila and her true mana cult. As long as Lila was around, there would be no getting through to Magdalene McBriar. Next, he thought of Rodney. While it certainly wasn't surprising that an undercover ATF agent caught a bullet in the line of duty, Micah hadn't seen it coming. Lila had been full of venom and spite, but pulling the trigger was a higher level of violence he hadn't anticipated. Lila with her fluffy omelets and muffins and photo albums. Rodney's death was Micah's fault. Not directly, but he'd made the mistake that had set it in motion. The guilt weighed on him like a pile of bricks. And now that Rodney was dead, his ATF handlers would come looking for him. However soon they had been planning on raiding the house, that timetable would be bumped up. They were probably on their way now, maybe dragging a kicking and screaming Magda out into the cold March morning. Today was Cyrus's release day, wasn't it? The 13th? 
On instinct, Micah slid a hand down his jeans pocket to check his phone. Then he remembered it was hidden away in Lila's bedroom, probably in that safe underneath her bed. Even going three weeks without it, that motion seemed so natural. And he remembered how bad it would be if they raided the house and found his phone there. Without that, there would be no way to prove he'd ever stayed there. He slid into the front seat and turned the key, his poor old Honda sputtering to life after a few seconds of labored grinding. He drove back along Caribou Road and parked a few hundred feet from the turnoff to 1623. Carefully keeping low, he crept through the trees until he could get a clean look at the house. Rodney's car was still sitting out front, with at least a foot of snow piled on top. When the other ATF agents observed that accumulation of snow, they would have to know Rodney was dead. Lila's car was gone, as was Eagle's. Garrett's truck sat outside, but Micah didn't care about that. He moved through the yard around to the rear and entered through the back door, which they never locked. He dropped his house key in a bowl next to the front door when he'd left last night. Inside, he heard only silence and the ticking of the grandfather clock, but he took care to make his footfalls as quiet as possible. No reason not to think Lila, Eagle, and Magnum might still be here. As he crept into the den, Garrett was sitting in Lila's big chair, smoking a joint. Garrett looked up, his eyes red and dim, his face pulled tight with fear. He ashed the joint into the coffee mug. Hey, are we alone? Micah whispered. He had to assume that Garrett wouldn't smoke weed in the house with Lila around, but it didn't hurt to ask. Garrett nodded. Why are you here? I heard she kicked you out. Micah stood up straight. I came back for my things. You should go too. You know she murdered Rodney yesterday, right? Shot him in the forehead. Garrett took a long pull from his joint, his hands shaking so much that ash fell onto the carpet. I thought I dreamed that, he said as he exhaled. I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to meet Hannah and that priest during the parade, and we're all going to leave together. Good. You should do that. Garrett grimaced. Being here with Lila and studying the Bible, it's all I've known for the last five years. I mean, she used to babysit me when I was little. I don't know if I... Micah didn't have time to argue with this brainwashed kid. He was either going to come to his senses and leave, or he would suffer with the rest of them. Yeah, You can do whatever you want, Garrett, but if you hang around here, you're going to jail. What? The ATF is on their way. I think you should go meet your wife in town. Think about your baby's future. Garrett picked up the coffee mug on the end table and dropped the roach of the joint into it. He leaned forward, cradling his head in his hands. I, I don't know, he said. Micah sighed and walked away. Whatever Garrett did next was up to him, because Micah had his own problems to consider. In Lila's bedroom, he dragged the safe out from under her bed and examined the keypad. He could try a few number combinations to try to get it open, but that might waste too much time, plus too many missed tries might engage some extra luck. Instead, he hoisted it up over his head and walked back down the hall. Garrett was no longer sitting in the den, but his truck was still out front. Micah left the house and carried the safe down to his car, then dropped the heavy box into his trunk. The back end of his Honda dipped from the weight. He drove into town, careful to keep an eye out for Eagle and Lila, although they didn't seem to be anywhere nearby. As he rolled into town, crowds clogging the streets slowed traffic to a crawl. P. 
people in costumes of demons and devils everywhere. Face paint turning humans into ghouls and zombies. People drinking beer from long flutes, stumbling around the streets, even this early in the morning. Many of the town's parking lots were covered with tents, with music pumping from all directions. Nederland was celebrating. At the hardware store, Micah parked at the rear and opened up the trunk to grab the safe. A Bible sat next to it, huddled in the trunk's corner, right next to his AA Big Book. He considered the two books, both roughly the same shape and size. He set the Bible on top of the safe as he hefted it from the trunk, and on his way to the back of the store, he flipped the Bible into, the, into a recycling bin. Micah opened the back door to access the storeroom. He dropped the safe on top of a workbench, then ventured into the main store. Didn't see Hannah or Magda anywhere. Micah went straight to Walter's office, rounded the desk, and popped open the file cabinet. He thumbed through the employee files until he got to R, then yanked his file. He ran each document through a shredder. Doing this wouldn't erase his record of having worked here, but would make things trickier for anyone looking for him. He'd faked all his employment records anyway, but this was an extra layer of protection. As he fed the last document into the shredder, the office door opened behind him. What are you doing here? Micah looked up at Walter, standing in the doorway, his arms crossed and eyebrows creased. Hey, Walt, Micah said as the shredder stopped churning. He took his green vest out of his back pocket and dropped it on the desk. Thanks for the opportunity here, but I think today's going to be my last day. Walt stumbled over his words. What, what, were you, what were you shredding? Micah turned up his palms to the ceiling. It doesn't matter. Where are Hannah and Magda? They have the day off to go to the festival. Micah walked to Walt and patted him on the shoulder. Thanks, Walt. You're a good guy and a good boss. I'm glad I got to know you. Micah left in there, with Walter too stunned to do or say anything. Micah gave a few nods to people in the store, although none of them he'd ever considered friends. He was just another one of the religious freaks they stayed away from. He thought about the purple-haired kid that he hadn't seen since the day of the failed kidnapping attempt. Micah dropped into the tools aisle and picked up a half-inch drill in at the diamond bit, then walked it into the back room and set up the workbench. He drilled for several minutes to punch a hole in the front of the safe. Something triggered and he heard a lock clench. Shit. Hidden away in his pocket, Boba Fett frowned. That had been careless. Some kind of emergency anti-cracking measure? Micah didn't know much about safe cracking. He scooted the safe around and drilled a hole through the back, then drilled several more holes to create a ring of them all around the back of the safe. He went back into the aisles to get a crowbar and found Walt once again staring him down, arms crossed. What were you doing in the storeroom? I forgot the combination to my safe, so I'm cracking it. I'm almost done, so I'll be out of your hair in a minute. Walter shook his head and tapped his foot. None of this makes any sense, but I don't like it. You need to leave or I'm calling the cops. If Eagle showed up, that would be fine, because he'd find out about the safe anyway. Do whatever you need to do, Walt. I'm almost done. Also, I should tell you, the reason my background check failed before, that was because I falsified my paperwork when I started. I'm sorry I did that, but I had to. What? One more thing. There's a kid with purple hair who works in gardening. Zach? Sure, Zach. I said some mean things to him the other day. I mean, the little shit deserved it, but I shouldn't have said all that anyway. Tell him I'm sorry, but 
Don't tell him what I said about him being a little shit. That's just between you and me. Walter, looking utterly confused, retreated back to his office, and Micah scurried into the storeroom. He hooked the crowbar into one of the holes in the back and threw his weight into it, tearing that hole into the next one, and then he did the same thing with another set of holes. After working at this for a couple minutes, he could peel back the metal and get a look at the inside. A collection of cell phones, driver's licenses, and two passports. He grabbed his phone and shoved it in his pocket, and then he was about to leave out the back, but he paused. Took a few breaths, considering. Micah grabbed the two passports and checked them. Hannah's and Garrett's. Maybe he couldn't save Magda, but he could find Hannah and help assure her safe passage back to Canada. All right, that is our reading for this episode. Um, it is the final day. It is the day of the Frozen Dead Guy Festival. Micah is going to try to help Hannah and Garrett. Lila is on her way to get Cyrus to bring him back from prison. And Eagle is doing who knows what. It's a mystery what Eagle is going to do, but we know that he has a nail gun with him. So it can't be um, he's not off to the orphanage to help, uh, to help um, children. So that's for sure. And what uh, what's going to happen next? Well, you guys are just going to have to stay tuned and come back next time if you want to find out more. Hopefully my plan is over the next um, few episodes to speed up how quickly they're released. I think the episode after this will come out on a regular rotation, but maybe the last three or four. I try to do them like three times a week. That's kind of ambitious, so I can't actually promise you that. But I'm going to see what I can do, and I will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's installment of Nailgun Messiah. Be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes and tell your friends about it. Don't deprive them of this show. Go to www.jimheskit.com forward slash nail gun podcast for information and we'll see you next week